I did get a lot of calls and a lot of offers. So I guess that that just showed me that I I did have a knack for this. I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, but some people just couldn't see that or appreciate it or even want to give me the time of day to help me grow as a as a reporter. And it's their loss. Welcome back to Plot Twist, the podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Page. I'm a recovering reporter turned podcaster here to share the plot twists in people's lives and their motivational stories that will inspire us all to live life to the fullest. My guest today is not just an extraordinary individual, but also my best friend, Christine Manica. Christine faced a plot twist that she hadn't anticipated, being let go from her first news job. Instead of letting this negatively affect her, she found the strength to bounce back and redefine her path. I'm so proud of everything my friend has accomplished, and I can't wait for you all to meet her. So we are doing a wine night, and we thought it would be fun to record it for the podcast because you have a plot (laughs) twist, an amazing story, so thought we would turn our our wine dates that we do into a podcast. So first off, what are you drinking? I am drinking a, I'm so fancy. It's the Winking Owl from Aldi. Love it. (laughs) And it's the Moscato. I don't know why I got this one day and I was drinking it and I just said, this is good wine. Well, why is anybody dissing on the Aldi wine? I think it's pretty decent, you know? Oh yeah. No, it's a good price and it tastes Mm -hmm. good. I'm and I don't oh, have yeah. I don't have Aldi here in Colorado, so I'm like really sad. What What are you on your soapbox this this evening? What are you drinking? It is boxed wine, so <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're correct with the box. You're <laughs> it's kidding. A, it's a Pinot Noir in a box. I mean, it's in a glass now, but it it, it was in a box. So <laughs> I can't believe you went to the box wine, did you? I, yes, I did. Oh, it's so gosh. much more affordable, and you get a lot more wine. You know what? I think I'm going to send you some Aldi wine. That's going to be my ne- my Christmas gift to you. I'm going to send you some Aldi wine for you to try. That would be amazing. <laughs> I could send you four bottles because, you know, it's wine. It's cheap wine, but it's really good. I would love that. Can you send wine in the mail? I think so. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like if you put it in a box and just wrap it with a lot of those... uh. Those popcorn balls or whatever they're called. I, oh, I didn't know if it was ball. like an alcohol thing. Like you can't send alcohol. I don't know. Oh, no. No, I think you can send alcohol. Oh. <laughs> I, think, I think that's acceptable. We can make exceptions. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of where to start. I guess we could start with how we met because that's kind of the start of everything. I always like to say that I asked you out on a date. And the reason why I say that is because I just started working there and I didn't even meet you until about a week or two after I started. And we were we were in this closet, this kitty corner closet. This is future Miranda. I wanted to jump in here really quick as I'm editing this episode because I realized that we probably should have explained how we worked in a closet, which you did hear that right. So basically our newsroom that we worked in was too small to fit everyone. So there was a large closet attached to the newsroom 
that was big enough to fit three to four desks. So that's where they would have the new people at. So people would joke that you're in the kitty corner because you're the newbie journalist. And we were talking and we were laughing a lot. And I just thought, oh my gosh, she would be such a great friend. Like she could be one of the best friends I've ever had. So very nervously, I asked, I said, do you want to like go get dinner or or hang (laughs) out? Or so that's literally how I said it. And to my surprise, you're like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I'm so down for it. Yeah, I was so excited when you asked because I had been so we worked together at a TV news station and it Mm -hmm. was both of our first jobs out of college. And I had been there, I think, six months, but I just Mm -hmm. wasn't connecting with any of the other people and they didn't really seem like they wanted to hang out. A lot of them were from the place that we worked at, they were from the city and yeah. we were, you, you're from Chicago. I'm from Colorado. So we were far away from home. So I feel like they had their friends and we didn't mm-hmm. really. So when you asked, I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make a friend. I've been here six months. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> you're like, it's happening. Everything that I've been wishing for, it's happening right now in this moment. Yeah. And then we hung out and the rest is history. And now we've been best friends for, I don't know, five years. Has it been five? Almost it's no, going four. On five. It's going on five now. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So much has happened. Now we're in different states, sadly, but. You're married. That, number yeah. one. <laughs> well, yeah, I got married. and Yeah. But hence the, the wine dates on, on Zoom or mm-hmm. in this case, Zencaster. Well, it actually worked out because, you know, COVID kind of changed everything in that regard. So everybody was doing what we're doing right now, except now people are like, oh yeah, let's have a wine night. Let's make it virtual. Like if someone's out of state, it's literally become the new normal thing to do if you don't feel like going out. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, just sitting here in my pajamas. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I hear you. I'm in sweatpants and a sweatshirt. It's great. Yeah. And so- We were at the station, and I guess we can kind of get into your plot twist if you want to talk about what happened, because you were kind of going down the route of wanting to do sports. So you started Mm -hmm. in news because a lot of times it's hard to start doing sports Mm -hmm. at a news station. So you do news first, and then you kind of work your way up. So you can kind of talk about that, and yeah, we can go from there. Yeah, I I guess the safe thing that I can say is – that I was told during my my interview and stuff like that, that I was going to have sports opportunities and that I was going to be part of the sports department. And I think that's what kind of sold me, I guess you want to say, is when I was told that. And I was going in with those expectations. And when those expectations weren't necessarily met, I kind of got frustrated at I don't know if it was at myself, but started questioning a lot of things, I guess you can say. And I don't, it was just a weird time for me. You know, I was out on my own for the first time, like legitimately eight hours, nine hours, whatever you want to say, away from home. First time living out here and not knowing anybody. So I, I guess you can say at the start of it, I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. You know, I wanted to do my job and and fly under the radar. I like to say that I'm I was pre- pretty oblivious, I think to what was happening. Oh, look at Egerton. <laughs> Hi Eggsy. 
That's my nephew. <laughs> he has to make a cameo. Always, always. <laughs> I, I'm for it. Um, but yeah, so it's like I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, and and you can attest to this. There were different news directors going in and out like a revolving door. It was crazy. We it was had, crazy. We had quite a few news directors in the span of like a year, two years. Yeah, a year. And a news director, they're um, they'd be considered our boss. So imagine having a boss that just keeps changing. It's mm-hmm. it, it's just frustrating as an employee to have a boss that's constantly changing. So then each boss wants to do their own thing, and you just kind of feel like you're pulled in all these different directions. Nothing's consistent, and. Mm-hmm. And I like to say, too, like, it's kind of as if you're going into the NFL draft and one coach pick, picks you, but the other coaches that come after it didn't necessarily want you, it felt like, if that makes sense. So that's how it, that's how it kind of was. You know, I, I got along great with the first news director. Second news director, I didn't really have the feeling – They didn't care what I did, what I didn't do, and whatnot. I never really got that guidance. And then the third news director I was a little bit more open to, but in the end, it kind of bit me in the butt asking for extra help and and wanting that guidance. And then it just turned into a big old roast, I guess. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. And so when you started, we can kind of go back to that because I think it's a good lesson for maybe people Mm -hmm. who are going into news or any kind of business where you have to sign a contract and where you're promised different things. I think it's a good lesson to always get things in writing because they promised you all these things like, oh, you're going to do news, but you're going to have all these sports opportunities. You're going to be able to help with the sports department. And then they went back on their word. Yeah. And and to be fair, I did get a couple of opportunities. I did do some highlights for Friday football. Really, it was an all hands on deck situation with all the the reporters and whatnot going out to different towns and, and whatnot. And then when there was a transition happening between a sports reporter and myself, I was getting somewhat trained for it. Was it necessarily the best training? No, because I felt like it was one chance and that was it. You know, it was never guidance or structure or this is how you do it. This is how I write down things. It was, okay, you're going to do this one time and then we'll see how it goes. And that was it. So was that fair? No, because it was something that I've never done in that kind of situation. And I, maybe they thought it was fair because I was there a couple of months to to know the routine and whatnot, but I was just starting to get to know the city and the sports teams and the athletes and coaches and sports directors, athletic directors, I should say, and all that. So it was it was a lot. And, you know, I, I wish they would have given me more chances to practice and to show everything that I could do. And, you know, I just wasn't given that opportunity. It was one and done. And then from there... You said that you asked for help and that ended up not really working in your favor, which I think it's awesome that you asked for help. Yeah. You would think that would be a good thing because you're looking to grow and get better, but it didn't seem to work out that way. So the first couple of meetings, 
they were good. You know, they were actually like constructive criticism. But then after a while, it felt like I was kind of being attacked. It was more of this is what you're doing wrong, but I'm not going to tell you how to fix it. And I said, okay. And when I wasn't getting exactly what I would have hoped for, I actually went to the general manager about it, kind of went over the news director's head. But at the time, uh, the director was on vacation. So I really didn't, I really didn't have a choice. And it was just a very like, gosh, like, you know, what am I doing here? If you're telling me everything that I'm doing wrong, what am I doing right? And whatever I am doing wrong, why would you bring it up weeks after the fact that something happened? Why didn't you just address it right away? We're, we're in news, right? We're supposed to be telling people something right away. Well, why isn't it the other way around? So if someone would have told me right away, it's like automatic, correct. Okay, got it. But when you don't, what are, what are you going to do at that point? You know, you're like a fish out of water. And then from there, it came to be your one year anniversary at the station. Mm-hmm. And that was a really rough day for you. And I was there for you through, you know, with, with all of that. And yeah. if you can talk about that, I know it, it was a really tough day, but I feel like you're in a better spot now. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, I think the worst part about that was they basically made me work the entire day and then leave. It was like a 180. I, I couldn't believe it. They I. Maybe they can, I think this is appropriate to say they used me for the day and that's it. And there was, there was nothing I could do about it. And, you know, I still kind of question that day, how I handled it and, and whatnot could, could have been better handled on my end. Probably, you know, I was an emotional 23 year old at the time. First job, didn't know anybody when I first moved here. Didn't have any family when I moved out there. And yeah, it, it was just kind of a, I guess, a knee-jerk reaction I have to, to act emotional. Maybe because I'm Italian too, and that has something to do with it. But it, it was just a surreal feeling to have. And for the life of me, I just said, there's no way that this is all my fault. There was some disconnect here that happened and I just didn't feel like it was fair. And unfortunately where we worked in the state, I should say that we worked in, they legally could let you go for no reason. So there was nothing that I could do or, or say anything. It's, it's tough. And honestly, probably the whole time that it was happening to me, like throughout my year, whether it was being put down, being bullied at work. I was, I think I was oblivious to all of it. I'm kind of an oblivious person anyway, you know, and I'm not, I'm focused on my, on my work and my job. I think I was really oblivious to what was happening because I never, I never experienced that type of, I guess you can call it bullying. I never experienced anything like that in a work environment, especially when I came from a good intern, a great internship that I loved so much and I learned so much and I, I love the people there. I respected the general manager there and the news director. Like it was, it was a great experience. 
And I never witnessed any of that when I was interning, any sort of degrading or or bullying sort of speak. So it was it was eye opening to see that in a in a workplace. In news, it's pretty common if you're let go from your news job. It it yeah. happens to quite a few people. And I know Have it's an dev- Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. Have it an Oprah. Exactly. And it, yeah. it's it's devastating when it happens. And I imagine at the time it was really hard. And I think everyone's scared of it happening. But you know, now looking back, can you kind of talk about about that and where you're at now? Kind of that whole thing. Yeah. Because I I think that if if you wouldn't have been let go, you your path might have been very different. Mm-hmm. And I think you're in the right spot. Like you just have such an interesting voice and people <laughs> love your voice. Are you sure it's not annoying? <laughs> no, like you, you just have a voice that everybody remembers. Like you have a radio voice and I think that was like the perfect route and you might not have gotten there if things didn't happen the way they happened. Well, you know, before anybody gets this twisted, you know, plot twist, before anybody gets this twisted, I want to say that I am very grateful for my first job. I don't want to sound like I'm a disgruntled employee or someone that just wants to trash talk. No, no, that's not who I am. I'm I'm sharing this experience because, A, not only, you know, you're my best friend. <laughs> Which I appreciate you doing it. <laughs> yes, yes. But also to just have someone who's maybe in my position know that, there is another door that's waiting to be open for you. There is, there are other opportunities out there and it may seem very tough, the position that you're in right now. And I just want to let you know that I get it. I, I've been there. And so, yeah, anybody from our former employers that could be listening right now, I have no regrets. I have never been angry with the situation and I appreciate everything from the lessons about the industry and how harsh people could be to just getting to know people more and how to, I don't want to say keep your head down because I'm not one per, I'm not one to keep my head down, but to just always remember where you come from and don't let anything change you. Don't, don't let any environment change you in the, in the workplace. But yes, where I am now, um, for one thing, I would not have met my incredible boyfriend if I stayed in a different area or if I moved out of the area, I would have not have had such an amazing, gosh, it's been three years now working in the radio station. I would have never had an amazing three years so far and counting of my, my station. I, I love and respect my coworkers, my boss, my operational manager, and my general manager. Probably some of the best people that I know, the hardest working people that I know, and just nothing but respect and and thanks and gratitude towards them just because of how much they've they've helped me and helped me grow from that experience and kind of blossom into the broadcaster I think I am today anyway. Um, but it's been, it's been just a incredible, incredible 
radio career there. And I've been, I've been lucky. I'm very lucky and blessed, very lucky and blessed. And so when you were let go, you kind of made the decision to stay in this city. That's not, not your hometown, no family Mm -hmm. here. Why did you decide to stay in the city and the state that you had only come to for that news job? One of the reasons is I saw the opportunity in the city and saw the opportunity for young professionals like like you and I. And then I think it was because I was stubborn. And this is why I say I was stubborn. My entire life, for the most part, I've always been told when to leave. And it's never been on my terms. My first grade school that closed when I was in third grade told to go to a different school. When my college closed after my junior year, told to go to a different school to finish out my senior year and my degree. Christine likes to close schools. <laughs> I do. I do. That's the running joke. My high school was close too, but I graduated from there. So we're all good in that department. Um, but for, for once, I didn't want to be told when it was my time to leave. And I didn't feel that it was at the time. And I didn't want to, you know leave you number one because we you were you were still out here and I was dating a jerk at the time and I don't know why I was dating him but um he's not the same guy by the way different guy that I love so much now but yeah maybe it was because I stayed for for him and maybe I shouldn't have done that but the main reason is is because I was I didn't want to be told when to leave I wanted to go out on my own terms and can you talk about the process For anybody who's in a similar situation, they probably feel overwhelmed. They probably feel lost. They probably feel like they're they're grieving this job that they had. So they're probably Mm -hmm. wondering what's next. So can you kind of walk through what those steps were that you took to to move past being let go? Gosh, I think I was too precocious, so I may not be the best (laughs) example, but I got I got right to working on my resume again and you you helped me a lot with my with my demo reel that was the first day the first day we started the resume right when I got to to your apartment that was the very first thing we did was clean up that resume then we we looked over some videos someone at the employer was kind enough to couple people I should say were kind enough to get my files and videos of stories that I've done. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Cause you, you had everything at the news station. It hadn't been backed up. Mm-hmm. I had nothing with me coming out. So I am very, very grateful for, for that. And yeah, pretty second day we, we got to working on that demo reel together. And by the third day, I was over at another former co-workers place and she, and uh, this person helped look over the resume and the demo reel and started getting uh, my, my applications out there and making phone calls. I think it's safe to say within a month, I, I found the, where I'm at now, I found the radio job. And even before that I had interviews either in the city where I'm at or a little bit outside of the area where I was at, but either way I was, I was getting calls. I was getting uh, emails from news directors. They had a, the furthest offer I got was in Reno, Nevada. And 
one, I didn't go there because it was too far. And as much as I would have loved, you know, Tahoe and, and all that stuff, it was just, it, I didn't want to go any farther than where I was at. And, you know, the news director, he, he was nice enough. He said, oh, I'm from Chicago. You're from Chicago. Let's be Chicago together <laughs> in, in Reno. So I, I did get a lot of, a lot of calls and a lot of offers. So I guess that, that just showed me that I, I did have a knack for this. You know, I, I did, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, but some people just couldn't see that or appreciate it or even want to give me the time of day to help me grow as a, as a reporter. And it's their loss. Yeah, it's a good lesson because I think a lot of times if someone puts us down like they did with you, it's so easy to give up or tell yourself, well, I must not be good at this. This must not be Mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to be doing. So I think it's good that you're so motivated and persistent with keeping in this career and fighting for it because it's so sad to hear that people leave so soon just over one thing, like. Mm-hmm. Just because of one news director, not everyone's going to like you. That's just life. And so not yeah. every job is going to work out, but it doesn't mean you're not good at what you do. Yeah. And I never went into the job thinking, oh, everybody's going to like me. I never thought that. I I just didn't think that I would basically feel so attacked and in the in the work environment. And I don't know, like I said, my I had, you know, my eyes were glassed over. I, I was oblivious to all that stuff but maybe i maybe you can share if any if anything i'm missing from from that year and what you experienced what you saw when i was going through just to give someone else a perspective of sometimes in a job you really are blind and you're leading the blind with you when it comes to news you don't really get trained maybe there's some news stations that do but from my mm-hmm. experience and from talking with other news reporters, a lot of times you work by doing and so you're kind of just thrown to the wolves and you just learn as you go, which is hard when it's your first news job out of college. You get a little bit of experience in college, you have your internships, but it's a lot different when you're thrown into this world where you're interviewing people, you're going live on the news. It, it can be mm-hmm. overwhelming and you don't get a lot of time Every day in the news, you're rushing to get a story together. I don't think people realize that everything is done in one day. So you'll pitch your stories in the morning. They'll tell you, your producers will tell you which one they like. You make hundreds of calls sometimes, hoping somebody answers. You hopefully get interviews set up. Who knows if it's Mm going to be at 11 a.m. or at 3 p.m. when you have to have something for the five o'clock newscast. So it's a lot. And with not getting trained and kind of being thrown into it, there's a lot that you can miss. And then with us having different news directors, it it was just a lot. And I, I think by you asking for help, I think it's good to ask for help. But I think by doing that, you were put under the microscope and nobody else was. So they were then safe to say, so they were then focusing on you. So, and I think it just doesn't work out like it, you know, who knows? Like they never gave you a reason. And I imagine that must be hard, not, not really getting that closure, but it must feel so gratifying now to know where you're at because I mean, you're a country radio show morning 
talk show host, if I said that right. <laughs> wow, that sounds like a mouthful what you just said. <laughs> a, a country morning show radio host <laughs> or something like that. But Country radio morning DJ. Yeah, but that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like people hear that and they're, you know, that's a, a big title and you're doing amazing things. Like you're on the radio. People hear your voice every day. And not only that, but you're you're going out on location and these different businesses want Mm -hmm. to have you there and have you do live broadcasts. And not even that, you've also been on stage and you get to introduce Mm -hmm. some pretty big name singers. So if anything, you've just moved up, you know, you moved up like a lot. So it's just, you know, I feel like this might not have happened if you stated news. So yeah, I, it just goes to show that I believe everything happens for a reason. I know not everyone mm-hmm. believes that, but I think it, it's true because you're doing amazing things now. And I'm hoping that someone who's maybe going through a similar situation where they were let go from their job or maybe they're just not happy, they can realize that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you don't realize the amazing things you can be doing when you're stuck in that situation, I guess. Because did you ever imagine you'd be where you're at now? No. I, I definitely not. I I never thought I would be, like you said, hosting a, a morning show, going on stage and introducing artists. Like if people know this, Tanya Tucker, um, Randy Travis, I got to meet Randy Travis and, and interview him and along with his wife, Mary, Nellie, not country, but still was able to go on stage and introduce him. That was pretty cool. And just so many great experiences. Interviewed uh, the Long Island Medium herself for a different show that I do with the radio what? station. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? I talked to Teresa Caputo. <gasps> no. Yes. What? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Because she was, she was coming into town, and I interviewed her. So I also do a Sunday Focus episode where it's basically – what's going on in different um, parts of the city, what's going on event-wise and stuff like that. So, yeah, I did. She she was so cool. I was hoping you'd get a reading, and, and I didn't, Man, but that's okay. Uh, I, that's fine. I have to tell my mom because she'll freak out. She had fabulous hair and nails at the, at the show. My mom loves her show, so my mom would freak out if she knew you talked mm-hmm. to her. That is so cool. I could send you the file, too. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes, please. I would love to listen to that. That would be so cool. Future Miranda again, jumping in here. So Christine did end up sharing her conversation with the Long Island Medium. So I'm going to include a clip from her conversation here now. So enjoy and then we'll continue the rest of her plot twist story. Teresa, love seeing you on your show, Long Island Medium. Before we talk more about the show, I have to ask you, what's it like being a grandma? You're a new grandma from what I understand. I can't believe it. I, I have to say, it, you know, people tell you it's the most incredible thing. It, it truly is. She's such this ray of sunshine, and she's, she's perfect. From people who watch your show, Long Island Medium, you can kind of tell there's certain connections that you feel with the people that you are seeing or meeting with. And I bet COVID kind of changed things for you. Instead of having face-to-face interactions and feeling that energy, it, it probably was interesting to pivot to more of a virtual sense. Did the spirits pivot with you kind of in a way? 
Oh, absolutely. It just goes to show that that soul bond can never and will never be broken. You know, you can you can even hear that listening to my podcast uh, called Chase Spirit. That's where I do all of my, my readings, and it's done over Zoom. And that's the great thing. I not only do people all over the United States, but all over the world. There are people that have been guests from Australia, Hong Kong on, on the podcast. And it just goes to show on how so emotional and healing and life-changing it is. You know, and it, it also goes to, to say that, you know, people will say it all the time. They'll be like, you know what, look, I had no idea what to expect when I went to the show. You know, and I didn't get read. But what I witnessed was life-changing. It's been a delight to chat with you. Before we get you go, let you go, uh, I'm sure you get this question all the time, but I've got to ask, Powerball numbers. Can, <laughs> can we get Powerball numbers? Can I just say this? If I could get the Powerball numbers, don't you think I would have asked Spirital 20 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Teresa. Yeah, I basically said I got to... Get my butt into gear and and just work. I I can't sit down. I don't I don't that have the luxury to to sit down and just wait for something to fall in my lap. But I gotta I gotta make it happen and and hopefully you know my my tenacity can inspire someone else to do the same thing if they're listening and they're going through the same thing and saying, gosh, yeah, I gotta I gotta get up and work. You know, I have to do something on this podcast so we talk about plot twists and a lot of times they're intentional yours was an unintentional plot twist Mm -hmm. but in general why do you think that change can be a good thing it can open up new doors to you you know i think it can open you up to to new people it can open you up to more opportunities within that field it can open you up to enjoying your your career actually and enjoying the people in your life and being able to welcome new people into your life and i think that's what i did when i started radio i met new co-workers i met one of my other really good friends because she was coming into the radio station a lot gosh i met my boyfriend out of being out here you know i i met my boyfriend in the in the city where i'm at because I stayed and I just decided to get on Bumble one day and and we matched. So future Miranda jumping in yet again, because I know Christine is going to want me to mention this, but it was a while ago that we recorded this episode. So since then, she's actually engaged. So no longer her boyfriend, but her fiance and they're getting married in March, which is super exciting. You know, it's it's stuff like that where you never you never think you're going to be at the place that you are, but at the same time you're right where you're supposed to be. I love that. You you followed your your feelings. Like you knew that you still had time in this city. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we don't listen to ourselves or we second guess ourselves. So I think it goes to show we do need to listen to ourselves, which is what mm-hmm. you did. Yeah, and I never usually do that, but for this I I said, all right, you gotta you gotta stay here and figure out the opportunities that are out here. And I I don't regret that. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story and I'm yeah. so proud of you and everything you've done. I, I love hearing about all the people you get to interview and just everything you're doing. Except for Teresa. I forgot to tell you I about know. Teresa. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. If I would have met her, I would have, you know, 
told you straight up, but no, I did. I talked to her over the phone. That is still cool though, but I'm just so proud of everything you've done and you've come so far from, you turned something that was a terrible situation into something that's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. I I love you. I love my little fur niece and nephew. <laughs> I, I love, you know, Christian, like, I mean, seriously, it's, you're, you're another sister to me. And I appreciate you taking me in under under your wing when I first moved to, to the city. And yeah, it's just been, oh gosh, you're going to make me get emotional. Aww. But seriously, you're you're my best friend. And you, I I treasure this relationship more than more than you know. So Aww. yeah. And the, the last question that I'll ask you that I ask everybody before we oh, get- Oh, I got to get my phone out. We, Here we go. Yep. We get emotional. <laughs> Before uh, we, we're not already <laughs> emotional. Come on. Is uh, what is your favorite quote? This is a quote from basketball coach John Wooden. Live each day like it's your masterpiece. I love that. I gotta figure out where he coached because I remember. I think I read a book in college on sports, and it was. Yeah, American basketball coach. Where did he coach you? Oh, he's from Indiana, in case you're wondering. Uh, you know what? It doesn't say. Oh, wait, here we go. UCLA. Coached at UCLA for a long time. And then something else I forgot to mention, speaking of sports, because that was kind of your journey, and now you're doing the country music. Mm-hmm. But Uh-oh. you still do sports stuff. Like you I do. Were you do what is it podcast with ESPN yeah. and you call games? So I totally forgot about that. So if you could talk a little bit about that, because there's still opportunities. Like you love what you're doing. You're doing amazing at radio, but you still love sports. Like that's something that you've always loved and wanted to do, and and you're yeah. still doing it. You found ways to do it, which is amazing. There is a station out in the Chicagoland area that reached out to me on Twitter. I think over a year ago now, asking if I wanted to be part of their broadcast doing, you know, NFL stuff and the pick'em and, and whatnot. And I said, yeah, like I would, I would love to do that and get on to talk Chicago sports. That would be awesome. So I've been doing that for a couple, for yeah, a couple of years now. And then this year, this past uh, summer, I should say, there is a new women's soccer team in in the city and I was approached by by the owners of this organization after interviewing them for a Sunday focus episode they said how do you feel about announcing games and I said are are you offering it to me they said yeah and I said sign me up I'm I'm more than happy to do that and it's the team's fun the girls are fun the owners are great and it's it's just a great atmosphere so it's it's been fun doing doing that for the inaugural season and gonna be for the second season I'll be a part of that too so I'm looking forward to it like you said it's opened so many doors like yeah getting to do those two things who knew you know who knows if you would have been able to do that if you would have stayed in news right. Right. Yeah. And I think it's because of the relationships that you build with people in the business and just, you know, just be nice to one another. It's so easy to be nice to one another in this business because you already go through enough as it is when it comes to finding stories and getting stuff together and just the hustle and bustle of all that. It's important to be nice to people. 
no matter what business you're in, especially in media, though, you, you got to be nice to one another. Yes, that's an important lesson. <laughs> it opens Taking doors. Taking that from Ellen. Be kind to one another. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast as we're both like almost done with our wine. <laughs> what glass are you on? This is my second now. Oh, I'm still on my first, but it's I fill it up. Oh, I, boy. I fill it up to the brim. So it, it's like two glasses. <laughs> Got it. So I am Kathy in this situation. <laughs> and I'm Got Hoda. it. Yeah, we, we were joking about being Kathy and Hoda. <laughs> yeah, I think we did it justice. Yes, I think so. Well, cheers <laughs> to that, friend. <laughs> cheers to that, friend. Thank you guys so much for listening. One thing that we didn't mention that might be important if you are someone who is also out of a job right now and you're not sure what to do, What Christine did between the time of being let go and getting her job with the radio station was babysitting. So babysitting was how she was able to make money and still survive while she was applying for jobs. Do you have your own plot twist story that you'd like to share? You can email me. I would love to hear it. Love hearing from you guys. You can email me at plottwiststory at gmail.com or find me on Facebook or Instagram. Before you go, I'd appreciate it if you rated and reviewed the podcast. It really helps me out and helps more people hear about the podcast. Maybe even share it with someone who you think would enjoy it. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. Until the next episode, remember... It's your story, so feel free to hit them with a plot twist whenever you want.